your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Thursday. Welcome Thursday. Welcome to getting out of a Thursday. I don't know why I always say that. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I'm going to turn that on so people can talk and text at me. Actually, text me. 608-785-7914. Coming up on the show, I'm going to have the lacrosse school board president, Juan Jimenez, on with me. And Brad Williams in the newsroom had a funny fact from from back in 1952 and the lacrosse school board. He had two facts from lacrosse dating back to 1952 when when like Queen Elizabeth took over. I think that was the fact. I think that was the date. And uh, he's going to run in here and tell me these things. I've, I'm guaranteeing it. Um, but, but yeah, one had to do with uh, UW Lacrosse, which was at that time, I think he said Lacrosse State. And then the other had to do with the school board president and the school superintendent butting heads, which led to a resignation. But spoiler alert, uh, the school board president didn't resign. And we did have a, a school board member couple months ago resign and we have basically uh we added a new school board member so we could talk about that a little bit that process obviously the school referendum another thing we can talk about as uh we, as november approaches and voters get to decide whether or not to spend 194.7 million dollars on a new high school in the cross. 608-785-7914. Uh, some of the reasons for that enrollment. Enrollment keeps dropping, and I think by the time the new high school will be built, the enrollment would be, you know, they just kind of like forecast that. Cause it's not like you, you, the, the November ballot, the referendum ballot passes, the ballot measures, what I was trying for there. And then, uh, boom, the train building becomes a high school. It would take some time. And I don't know if, if Juan is going to be uh, totally the the bank of knowledge on everything school referendum, but obviously being on the school board, he's, he might know. He might know all this, actually. So he did want to talk about some other things, too, uh, pertaining. I think he even mentioned the queen, too. Uh, Queen Elizabeth's passing and and some of the stuff going on over there. Maybe he's just a fan of that whole process. I don't know. I haven't talked about it because I just stuff that goes on over there. I have enough trouble keeping track of what goes on in lacrosse, greater lacrosse in Wisconsin. And then beyond that, I mean, I can't even keep up with the stuff going on in Minnesota where I live often find that happening like uh the whether it's a county board race a city council race a school board race a governor's race uh assembly senate all these races going on they're all going on where i live too but i <laughs> pay way more attention about who a lot of you listeners are voting for than who i would be voting for and then i find myself cramming at the last second in the voters booth with my phone going, okay, are you going to spend the next 15 minutes trying to decide which city council member here to vote for, which county board member to vote for? 
All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to get Brad to do the news. I thought he would thunder in here, but he did not. So maybe we'll see if I can bug him to get in, to get these uh, the the what's happened in 1952. Actually, it's a spoiler alert for his yesterday in lacrosse, I believe. But Juan Jimenez, the lacrosse school board president, when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Juan Jimenez on the phone with me, or somebody else, but Juan, is that, are you there? Yes, it's me. All right, I must have dialed the wrong number, so thank you. I See, that's why I send you the number, so then you can call me. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, Juan's been the school board president. Uh, let's see here. Brad, Brad will know how long you've been the school board president. A little president. over a year, right? Uh, yeah, well, almost a year and a half now. Right. All right. So, and Brad is in here because I Brad has some 1952 facts for me. But you had mentioned to me that you you wanted to talk about the 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 passing of Queen Elizabeth a little bit. And Brad's got some 1952 facts. Brad, when she took over as when she exceeded, I we we were t- accession and succession, and we we were arguing over what word to use. Yeah. But- yeah, Juan, you sent me a little thing on the Queen, and you used this, the, the the term accession, accession, yeah. and I was like, "What did he yeah. mean ascension?" And then I had to Google and look it up, and I'm like, "Oh, look at Juan Jimenez, school board president, using the fancy words that I don't know the meaning of." <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's an accession council that meets to actually state to everybody that you know the new you know this uh, monarch has passed, and here's the new monarch. And then, uh, so yeah, so that's what happens is that they get the group together, and that used to be an all-male thing until this year when they actually allowed females for the first time to participate. Well, and you would think they would have done that with a, a queen on the throne for 70 years. They would have figured that out before that. But, you would think, right? But yeah, in 52, um, there was an all-male exception council, and so this was the first time they've had, they allowed females to participate. Right. Is this something like historically that you're you're into, or just something that you see now as as we should be paying tribute to? Well, the, the reason I was paying attention to it is that it just struck me as something that you know here's somebody who's been around for seventy years, right? And a female a queen doesn't you know doesn't happen often, uh, and here's somebody who's part of the establishment, and look at how quietly she changed these things. And, you know, you don't need all this pomp and circumstance. You don't need this uh, screaming match to really make a lot of change happen. It could be done quietly, and sometimes it does take some quiet power to make that happen. And I think that we need to remind ourselves of of that, given our political climate that we have been living in for God knows how long. How many years has it been? Five, six, seven, twenty? My lifetime? Um, since, but yeah, that's why it, it was just kind of interesting to me. Since uh, the accession of Twitter, how's that? Did I use it right? Yep. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Okay, so Brad's got a couple of facts that deal with lacrosse and nineteen fifty two when the Queen uh, the the week that uh, the Queen took the throne, nineteen fifty two. I found a couple of uh, items involving the lacrosse school board. They, uh, at that time, in 52, ordered, that's when they decided to have Sunday afternoon graduations for Logan Central. 
The reason being mainly that they had been having Thursday night or you know Thursday evening graduations, and then the kids who had just graduated, who were not old enough to drink, were having all-night drinking parties afterward, and they wanted to put a stop to that. So it's like, okay, you're getting graduated on Sunday afternoon, and you can behave yourself. And then, okay, maybe we'll have a dance for you, but that's not going to last very long either. So you, <laughs> you are going to behave yourself on the day that you graduate. So that did that. There was also... A, a note that on the day that uh, now wait, let's get Juan's take here. Juan, yeah. when do we do graduation in lacrosse? Do you know off the top I think of your head? One is a Saturday and one is a Sunday, isn't it? Well, they switched it now um, that they are doing it on the same day. And now, because you got me off the cuff, I can't even remember. I believe it's on uh, Friday. I think Uh-oh. that's the, that's when we did it. Like, I'll look at my calendar and I'll pull it up. Big trouble, Juan. Friday. I think maybe the school board Uh-oh, will. Drinking all night. I think the school board's going to have to take this up at the next meeting in a couple of weeks here <laughs> to maybe switch this over. All the kids, because you know we have baseball and track and um, some other spring sports uh, that that kids are going to get. They're going to be at the drinking parties. They're going to get suspended just before the playoffs. Oh my God! Oh well. I'll I'll make a public comment uh, in a couple of Mondays before the school board meeting. Oh. Please do, please do. I, I would, I would encourage you to do so. All right. Anyway, the other Brad the other, has a. This one's more contentious, right, Brad? The other one is contentious that uh, it was in the newspaper the same day that Elizabeth became queen. Is that the lacrosse school superintendent, a man named Marshall Batho, B A T H O? He was uh, superintendent for four years, and res- said he was going to resign at the end of the school year because he'd had enough fighting with the school board president. One Walter Bigelow. And uh, he was saying that Bigelow had interfered with the administration of the schools with intrigue and conniving. And that he, the school board president, had a stooge in almost every school. Wow. But but now you and Dr. Engel get along much better, I would think. In fact, because, of course, in, the, in recent uh, years... People have often accused the school board of being a rubber stamp for the superintendent. So I'm, I'm thinking the, uh, the relations are a bit better now than they used to be. I, I would say yes. Uh, I, that doesn't necessarily mean that we don't uh, disagree at times, but I would say that you know, we've learned how to disagree in a, in a very positive way uh, because in the end we're still trying to get the same mission accomplished, which is to ensure that we have a quality school district for our community. Well, this comes full circle, Brad, is what Juan is doing as a school board president is leading like the queen. He's doing this under the table very (laughs) quietly and connivingly, (laughs) trying to get his way without creating much of a fuss. I think part of it it was in those days until about the late 60s, early 70s, the school board was not elected by the general public. They were chosen by the city council. Sure. So yeah, well, I remember hearing that. about that. That once upon a time, it was the uh, the city council that could, that chose the school board. So that might have had something to do with it. I, I think I think sure. some of the public out here, Juan, would love to see you. You know, just create so much unease for Superintendent Dr. Aaron Engel, not to get you to resign because of the because of butting heads over. Because we have some pretty big things going on in the news and in, in, or not, in the school district. Um, but to get him to resign, people would sure love you. You want to you want to stamp you want to pen in your re, your uh, reelection 
uh, get Dr. Engel to, to resign. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we're just kidding. See, here we are, the media stirring things up again. I, I, I think well, I to... and that's what I appreciate about the media. I think I need to do a news <laughs> Yeah, Brad's Brad's leaving now. He's he's I've gone I've gone over the top, uh, off the cliff. He's he's gonna get out before he gets in trouble, and before I get you in tr- before he gets you in trouble or gets blamed for. Uh, I, I appreciate you both. And by the way, yes, um, May twenty seventh, which was a Friday, we had Logan and Central graduations happen on the same day. And my understanding is that from here on out, they are going to be flip flopping uh, their graduation. So Logan went first. Next year, this upcoming year, Central, I believe, will go first, but they will be on the same day. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that you know, I don't know if that's the greatest idea, the Friday night. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, clearly, like, <laughs> kids are going to do what kids are going to do. And, and uh, you know, I even, when I was, a, I think, a sophomore in high school, I ended up at a beer party. I didn't drink or anything, but I was there because all the, the rest of the football team was there. And then uh, it got busted. I had left before it got busted. I left pretty early. But I did get a game and a half suspension because I was just at the party. So um, that stuff does still happen. I've I, I, in covering sports in Winona for eight years, I had to do quite a bit of that stuff. So, um, but anyway, so let's let's move on here to some some other things that. Um, okay, did you? We we had talked in email over. So I you know the school referendum. We can we can break that down in the second half of the show. Um, sure. is there any, can you bring up some good news? Cause it's always kind of like this contentious news. The people are for or against this or that. Is there, is there some bright news happening within the school district or the school board aside from a new school board member? I suppose that's sort of bright news. I mean, we've, we've gotten a new school board member. Well, I think that that is something you know, the best news, at least for me, right? Having a full contingent back on the board and, Having that process concluded uh, is is the best news, and I think Emily is going to do a phenomenal job on the board. Uh, so I'm looking forward to having her expertise uh, joining us there. Yeah. So a couple things that have been going on in the school district. Um, at Spence Elementary, our fifth grade teachers organized an annual uh, fifth grade their annual fifth grade leadership camp that's partially funded by LPEF. And so this week-long camp uh, leads to an ongoing school year-long project uh, with the goal of teaching fifth graders that they're leaders in their school, and it gives them the tools and the experiences to experience and demonstrate leadership. So uh, they use read-alouds, they use supporting activities and group projects and team-building games with guest speakers and activities and challenges. I mean, you know, what a great opportunity to start uh, teaching our students leadership and that they can be leaders in their community and starting them in the elementary level. So that, I think, is a phenomenal uh, good is, news uh, piece that we can celebrate within our school district. Is the 10, 11-year age about that time where you would start, like, you know, teaching kids about leadership, or even could you even do it earlier than that? Oh, I think you could do it earlier than that. I mean, I think, you know, there's no age that's too early to, to talk about leadership. Um, you know, I think that that is something that is that's extremely powerful uh, to start right away um, because I think everybody uh, has an opportunity for leadership. Everybody has unique talents and skills that they can use uh, to to move things forward. And so, giving them that opportunity is phenomenal. Juan Jimenez. Uh, Northside, yeah. uh, Juan Jimenez is the lacrosse school board president. Uh, he often tells the. You know, I don't know if you have any kids, but were you telling the baby in the womb about leadership? Is that you said no age too early? 
wouldn't hurt, I suppose. It couldn't uh, hurt. I, yeah, I have, I have stepchildren. I don't have children of my own. But, um, you know, I, my brothers, uh, you know, it was my, my brother who's six years younger than me who was pushing me to get my, uh, my doctorate. So, uh, yeah, you know, hey, I, I, I was talking to him when he was in the womb. So now, you know, he got me to get my doctorate. So, you know, again, no age too early. Um, all right. Yeah, go ahead. I kind of interrupted you. Oh, no, that's okay. Uh, we've got uh, some Northside teachers, Deb Sullivan and Gail Trout. Uh, they organized the school's first Northside Stars Bright Futures event. And uh, the morning brought uh, area employers, I think this was phenomenal, uh, brought area employers to the school to give the kids a kinetic and tactile experience with local community jobs like uh, the fire and police departments, the XL Energy linemen and bucket truck. Tri-State Ambulance was there, Go Right Way, Hilltopper Recycling. And uh, it show, it was a show and tell with the kids and get them excited about potential career paths. And, you know, um, being at Western and uh, working with uh, career and technical education uh, all day, every day is my full-time job. I mean, what a great opportunity to show kids different paths that they can take other than just the four-year college path. So, uh, again, another really good news piece that we could uh, celebrate within our school district and, again, at the elementary level there at Northside. So uh, kudos to those uh, teachers out at Northside, Deb Sullivan and Gail Trout. Um, I don't, we, we, when we come back, i got to take a break here. Uh, yeah. Lacrosse schools, Lacrosse School Board Superintendent Juan Jimenez with us. We'll talk about the, the, the school district's referendum that's going on the November ballot. I also want to talk about a little bit about the process of – getting to a new school board member, if that's okay. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, we'll be back in a minute. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. If you want to text in, I got uh, Juan Jimenez on. He's the Lacrosse School Board president. Been doing that a year and a half now. Um, how, how is that just in general? Like when you, you, you were voted in by the rest of the school board to become the president, right? That's correct, yes. So I was voted in. This is my second year serving. Uh, so in April, uh, when we have a reorganization meeting, the board will have an opportunity to either vote me or somebody else if they decide to run as school board president. Do we have school board term limits? Like you can only run, you can only be president so many times? No, uh, we do not. Uh, I think Connie Troyanic, who was the president before uh, uh, Lori Cooper Stoll, uh, had been president for a number of years. So, no, we don't have anything like that in our bylaws or in our policies. Does it get to the point where maybe you just like, okay, somebody else needs to do this because it's pretty, it's like a tough, it's a tough job because you're the spokesperson for yeah. the whole school board. Yes, and if I said that too fast, I meant yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because there was yes. a there was a, some information that came out in the media this I think this past week that um, you're the only person. So if I wanted to have a different school board member on the show, I wouldn't be able to do that because it, the, what it, would you call it like the bylaws within the school board that the the board president is kind of the spokesperson for the rest of the school board. Yeah. So um, yeah, you know I you know Rick, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I was really. Heartbroken is probably the best word to use. Disappointed is probably another word to use about that story because I really respect and admire the reporter who who wrote the story as a person, as a reporter. And I get reporting is hard work, um, but that was a that was not a, a I don't think that was a, a, the quality that the reporter usually does. Um, so we do have a policy. It's been known. Uh, we have. 
reminded the media about this policy that, you know, the board speaks with one voice. We are we are nine people that are elected. But when decisions are made by the board, we speak as one. And uh, in our uh what we call GC policies, or governing culture policies, GC4 officer roles. It specifically talks about the president being uh, the basically the spokesperson for the board. And that policy, I thought, uh, and I was wrong, and I happily will admit it, I thought it had been passed back in 2005. I was actually back in 2012 when the board added language to the uh, president's job duties that uh, they would speak on behalf of the board. And that's all they added back then. And it speaks, it's a little longer now. Um, but yes, I mean, could it right now, what it says is that um, the president represents the board as its official spokesperson about issues decided by the board and other matters related to official board business. The president can delegate this responsibility to others, but it remains accountable uh, but remains accountable for the results. So it's still my my accountability, my my responsibility. Uh, so in in the situation that happened, uh, which again we talked about the good news, right? We have a new board member. It's fantastic. Uh, we put out the information about all eight candidates September one. So the reporter waited until September fourteen to contact us, or September fifteen to contact. Uh, it was 14, yeah, it was yesterday, uh, to, to try to reach out to this person. I mean, they had almost two weeks. So where were they? If this was such a big story, why didn't they try to reach out to this individual beforehand like they do with all the other school board members? And they had plenty of time. We, all the information was out there for, the, for anybody in the community to reach out. So, again, I was just very, very disappointed uh, with, the, with the article, the way it was written. But, uh, well, I will know. say, if you, guys, if you guys on, it was a seventh, was it uh, Monday? It was no, Monday you named the new school board member, Emily Moots. So at that point, now we know, we in the media know it's Emily Moots. So if I wanted to get, bring Emily Moots on the show and talk about her history and why she, you know, decided to, to, to put her name into the hat, um, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have known that beforehand. I mean, I would have, I could have asked who all the names were, I suppose, but I wouldn't have known. So, you know, three days later, I don't think it's, it's that out of the question to try to talk to the new school board member. Sure, but on the flip side of that, uh, let's let's just take a regular uh, school board election, right? You had this past board uh, election, we had eight people running, and so the media contacted all of us and wanted to hear from all of us about who we were and why we were running. Yep. Immediately. So, what's the difference? Now, given that, and then, and then let me take you, you, you know, from your perspective, hold up, right? Juan, that the... you know, hey, so we we elected them. No, yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. What's the difference is the the media is trying to get the information out there about who these people are that they can vote on. Um, I don't mm-hmm. does is it the media's responsibility to get the information on who the school board will anoint uh, out of the hat of I don't know how many people did you have apply for the new school board member position? Eight, eight people. Okay, so um, you know we could have put the we could have interviewed all eight people beforehand because there's no rules there. Uh, put all the information out and then. Uh, the, the 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 people reading those articles don't have a say. Mm-hmm. I guess the only say they would have maybe is to go to a school board meeting and public comment and say, "Hey, I really like this person." Sure. I mean, on the flip side of that, you know, we narrowed the the amount from eight to four in a September sixth special board meeting. Yep. But you could have talked about the four, 
right? And then on the flip side of that, again, back to your point about, okay, so now we've, we've uh, chosen this person. So where were you on September 12th when you knew that the interview was happening and that we were choosing that person that day? So there's that piece of it. And also, so this person hasn't even onboarded yet. We haven't ha- they haven't even taken the oath of office yet. Sure. They haven't had an opportunity to even warm the chair that they're going to be sitting in yet. Their first official board meeting is this upcoming Monday. Can we give this person a chance to breathe first? So and technically, have an opportunity before uh, we we start going down this path, and uh, in, in my opinion, a very negative path uh, in the media. So again, I, I mean, I just I just felt that it was uh, it, it was a pretty pretty sad and disappointing uh, reporting article, and so I wish that uh, it would have been done differently. But uh, we are where we are, and so. I guess it is what it is. If she hasn't been sworn in yet, technically she's not a school board member, so we could interview her. You want to call her up, quick one? <laughs> uh, I don't. I, yeah, I don't have her number right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I'm totally and, kidding. And, I'm totally. Yeah, kidding. but but again, I mean, you know, I, again, we are we're, we are in that process, right? We're in, and, and it's also kind of a weird thing, you know. She's appointed. Yep. So vacancies are weird. The last time we did this, eleven, and so have kind of written down rules about how this all works. We have a process for the vacancy filling, but then there's this kind of weird middle ground. And so I'm trying to uh, write down, here's what happens in the interim. And so, you know, I think that that's what's been missing. And so we're, we're cleaning things up. And so that's why I said, hey, you know what? I'm happy to, to, to talk to you. But the problem that happened on uh, Wednesday was that I was in meetings when we got the call at, say, I think it was 11 o'clock or something. I was in meetings from, uh, you know, 11.30 through 6 p.m., so I wasn't going to meet their deadline. And, Rick, what time did you contact me this morning? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was bright and early. But I give you, right. the, I give you the out. I give you the option. Right. You do. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. You do give me the out. But more often than not, I do my best to say yes. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't think right? you've. And I don't think you've denied. I don't think you've not been able to come on the show. Uh, but I'm always just proposing it last minute because that's how I roll sometimes. Right, but again, I mean, I like you said, I've always tried to say yes. This was the one time that I said no only because my schedule didn't allow it. Right, and of course, you can't. You can't, I guess, say that in a news article. All they say is the president was unavailable. Yeah. And that leads the, the audience to make their own decision about what that means. And sometimes it could lead people down a, diff, a different or wrong path, whereas usually I try my hardest to be available because I'm an elected official and I'm the spokesperson, so good, bad, or indifferent, I should be out there as right. much as I can, as often as I can. Well, is there, you know, even like exposing that rule, you said that that came out in 2012, is there... I don't. I mean, it's pretty early to even just like it. Just kind of got out there. Is do you got have you guys discussed, or do you think you'll discuss maybe changing that where other school board members will be able to talk to the media? Well, what I would say is one, uh, it's been out there not just recently. It's been out there for years. Again, it's, it was passed in 2012. It had a first reading and second reading in January 23rd and February 6th of 2012. So it's not new. It is been out there. So, you know, sorry, but I'm going to disagree with you that it's new. Uh, and secondly, you know, I'm, I'm happy. It's not like 
I control anything. I am one member amongst the board, and if the board feels that there needs to be a change to policies, anybody can bring up a change to policies. But at this point, this is what the policy is, and I'm happy to have those conversations. Uh, you know, again, I am one of many on the board, so I am not oh, above, yeah. I am not below, I am an equal. So, you know, let's have that conversation. Things change, times change. I'm, I, I think that we should be nimble and we should change with the times. So, uh, you know, I, I look forward to um, figuring out what's the best step forward. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, the, the rest of the school board, if you guys propose that, hey, do we want your, all of you, your ability to talk to the media, uh, they might vote no on that because you guys would change the policy yourselves because, you know what, we'll put all that onus on, on Juan and uh, then I don't have to, then I, you know, then I, I don't know, that just gives you a greater responsibility. But, you know, not everyone wants to talk to the media. Exactly. I mean, I'll be honest, when I got elected president, I, I didn't really want to talk to the media. That was not necessarily one of my things that I really wanted to do. But, you know, I, I find it to be an important and valuable uh, piece of the job. I find people like you, Rick, and the other reporters in the area, usually, uh, I have to say usually, I used to be able to say every single time, uh, but now I have to say usually, um, I have had wonderful opportunities for conversations, great questions, hard-hitting questions sometimes uh, that sometimes, you know, I may not be able to answer or, uh, you know, I may, I may trip up. I'm human. I do my best, but I'm never going to sit there uh, and hide. When hard times happen, I need to answer. That's my role. That's what I got elected to do, and that's my role as an official spokesperson. So, you know, again, I'm happy to hand this off to other people. Uh, but like you said, some people may say, yeah, thanks, no thanks. Uh, you go ahead and do your thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I had the same feeling when I started doing this show. It was like, oh, my God, I got to talk to myself, possibly to myself for an hour. But then I just put it all on you guys, so I make uh, I make you guys do most of the talking. So I've I've pawned off all my work on on the guests that I bring on, and I really appreciate uh, when you guys can are able to come on. Um, all right, let's can we let's take a quick break, Juan, a reset, and then we'll just talk about the school referendum quick. That sounds great. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Just wrap it up here with Lacrosse School Board President Juan Jimenez. Uh, haven't talked about the school district referendum. Haven't talked about the thing that's $194.7 million. Maybe we should get to it, Juan. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of a big thing. I guess we should. Yeah, so the, I, I guess, you know, ha, how has the, has the tide shifted at all? How is the school board feeling about this referendum as, you know, as, as I think as time goes on, people are going to, people, people may have not even heard about it yet. And then, they, you know, they start, they start to hear things and, and start to dig in. Sure. I mean, I think that, it, again, it, I wrote not bad in the Lacrosse Tribune because it is an important thing um, as an educator, as a parent, as a school board member, as uh, a union rep. I mean, I've, I've worn a lot of hats in my life. This is so important to the community. This is so important to our students that, you know, again, I would rather spend our money on experiences for our students. I would rather spend our money on ensuring we have quality people in the classroom than worrying about, is this boiler going to go? Or worrying about, do we have 
uh, walls crumbling, or do we ha- do we have to worry about, for example, I mean, you know, how many times have we heard about the French program, uh, and we had public speakers talking about the French program, and that we, you know, we didn't have a lot of students uh, enrolling in the French program. Well, you know, it's possible that we may have enough students if we had both schools in one building. Uh, you know, there are some programs where we have students who want that program, but we don't have enough in one building. If we had them combined, we'd have more experiences for those students. So there's a lot of positive things that can happen for our students in uh, in combination if we combine the schools into one. The root cause is less students, too many facilities. Yeah, so, and, and, um, oh, and part, of the, part of the facilities question is that the, the facilities are run down. I was, I was questioned, like, how did we get here where, and, and how do we get here where the facilities are run down where I think it was $86 million in the hole in, in building upgrades at this point. A lot of them are, and the majority of them are the buildings you're trying to ax out of the equation with the, with the referendum. But um, this isn't a unique thing. I think uh, our neighbors north, right, on Alaska and Holman are going through the exact same thing, and they're just going about it a different way. Um, it, this isn't just a unique thing in, in our area. There are $2 billion worth of referenda up in November in the entire state of Wisconsin. $2 billion. We have $5 billion surplus money in the state that, the legislature could meet in session and say, let's take a piece of that and give it to the schools and just cover the cost of the referenda right now. And we wouldn't have to worry about it, but they won't. They could help by increasing school funding because they did years, which could have helped our situation, and they haven't. This has been the same story for the last two decades. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that I mentioned again in my op-ed is that you know we we're in the we're in the midst of high inflation. Everybody knows that. Everybody's feeling the pinch. Well, if you had no wage increase for two years, could you afford your bills? Could you afford the to put food on the table? Could you afford your mortgage? Could you afford your loans? Probably not. And if you had a wage decrease, even worse. Well, that's what the school district has been facing. We have been facing declining funding over 20 years. That's how we got to where we are, because we have been putting off funding maintenance to ensure our students have the best quality teachers, the best quality experiences, the best quality materials, the best quality of everything we can possibly give them in those classrooms. We are at the breaking point. We have nothing more that we can do, and this is why we are where we are, because it's been two decades of fighting this battle and the legislature doing nothing. I think if the referendum passes, you told me in the break, the timeline to building a new school would be about four years, and it would be complete, four or five years? Yeah, that, that's my understanding, is that it would take about four or five years before uh, the building would be completed. And um, you mentioned the, the, the uh, inflation and rising prices and, and, and pay. Well, the, I've, I've, I've heard that if we, if we pass the referendum and a new high school was being, would be built, how would that affect teacher pay? Because I know we can't use the $194.7 million to give to the teachers, but how, you know, is there a, is there a direct, is there an indirect correlation to, to that and teacher pay? You have one minute. <laughs> Okay, so um, there is a, in some correlation there where if we aren't using money to pay for, um, you know, costs 
to maintain schools uh, that are crumbling, for, for lack of better terms, then those funds can be used to, to hire uh, quality teachers or to uh, use for um, pay raises. So, yes, is there a potential for that? Absolutely there is. But right now, if we don't do something, then we have to pay to ensure that our schools are safe because we want students going to safe schools, and that's where our money is going to have to go. So we have to make choices, and students need to have safe places to go. All right, so the piggy bank for uh, the piggy bank for building upgrade, not upgrades, but updates or, or keeping up with building maintenance is the same piggy bank that is used to pay teachers. Yes, it is. Okay, well that's easy enough to understand. Uh, that might be the very simplistic way to put it, but uh, easy enough to understand. Juan Jimenez is the Lacrosse School Board President. Juan, thank you so much for spending the time this time with us. I appreciate it, Rick. Thank you for making the time for me and look forward to talking to you again. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right. All right. That's going to wrap it up tomorrow on Lacrosse Talk PM. UW Lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Tregoski. I think we, there's kind of, there's, there's a bunch of funny news that I have on the docket for tomorrow, including uh, somebody having their, the FBI raid them during, at a Hardee's drive-thru in Mankato, Minnesota. That happened this week. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody.